بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد my brothers and sisters and elders i want to ask myself a question and i want you to ask yourself the same question and the question is did i enter ramadan or did ramadan enter me did i enter ramadan or did ramadan enter me and it's an important question to ask and to answer because if i entered ramadan then maybe in one more day or two more days i will exit ramadan assalam alaikum but if ramadan entered me then inshallah there is hope that this will stay inside me for the rest of the year and the hope is that it will stay inside me for the rest of my life because the spirit of ramadan is the spirit of obedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala itaat of allah we don't fast because it is convenient we don't fast because we want to lose weight we don't fast because our sugar level is high and should be adjusted we don't fast for any reason other than to please allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no other reason and the reward of that is what la'allakum tattaqun allah said so you can become muttaqin and what is the benefit of being a muttaqi the benefit of being a muttaqi is that all the promises of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the quran are for the muttaqun all of them That is the reason why Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala for other things different kinds of ibadat Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala gave a measure of the reward but for the fasting Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said as-sawmu li wa ana ajzibi the fast is for me and I will reward it he did not say how much he doesn't have to say how much he said I will reward so Allah will reward according to his grace and majesty one of our uh, in india we had a dynasty called the moguls who ruled the country one family ruled the country for 350 years and at one point in time the mogul empire had the a gdp which was 25% of global gdp so one of the regents not even the king the regent of one of the kings called akbar akbar at that time was about 10 years old so his regent was a man called abdur rahim and his title was khan khana the khan of the khans so abdur rahim khan khana was in his court and a man came to him and he said i have one wish he said what is your wish He said I have never seen 100000 gold coins Ashrafi 1 lakh 100000 gold coins I have never seen what do they look like So Abdul Rahman Khan Khan said that's easy he called his treasurer he said bring here 100000 gold coins So the treasurer brought he emptied the sacks and the nice big pile of gold coins 100000 gold coins The man said he made sugar to him he said to him oh my lord you are so generous and thanks to you my desire is fulfilled i wanted to see 100000 gold coins you have shown me 
Abdurrahman Khan Khan laughed. He said, you want to thank me for seeing it? What is, what's the use of that? He said, take it. Take it. Now thank me, there is some point. Just to see you are thanking me, what, what? Take them. This is a slave of Allah. What is the, what, what does Allah mean when he says, Ana ajzibi, I will reward. Huh? There was a great, one of the great ulama of this ummah, Hatim al-Asam, Rahmatullahi. He was a contemporary of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahmatullahi. So Hatim al-Asam, Rahmatullahi, one day, he was known for his tawakkul. And he operated on the philosophy of giving away in charity everything which is zayda zaruri, more than what is necessary. So what is absolutely required, only that. Rest of it, he used to give. So obviously there wasn't too much happening in the house. I mean, they didn't have much money and so on. So Hatim al one day, he had this great desire to go for Hajj. Something in his heart. This I have to do this year. But obviously he was short of funds. And in those days, Hajj meant almost six months of travel. You had to you travel. Usually they went before Ramadan. They spent Ramadan there. Then the two months and Dhul Hijjah. And after Hajj, then they came back. So it took the time. So almost five, six months of travel. So he didn't have enough money. So he said to his, he asked his wife, he said, do you mind if I, he said, we have just enough for my ticket, you know, for the caravan, for the, uh, so can I go? And inshallah, Allah will provide for you all. He said, no chance. He said, Allah will provide, no, I'm sure we believe that, but put the money here and go. We were tough, huh? So he was very sad. So he was sitting in his house and, you know, one day he was sitting, feeling very sad because the last caravan was about to go. And once that caravan is gone, he can't go. Those days you cannot travel alone. I mean, somebody will kill you. His little daughter came and she saw him and he was crying. He said, she said, yeah, why are you crying? What happened? He said, no, no, it's okay. He said, no, no, tell me why. You are crying. I mean, how can I see my father crying? So he told her, this is the story. I want to go for Hajj and your mom is not agreeing. And this is the story. We don't have enough money. I'm talking about the, how Allah gives. She said, don't worry about that. I will settle with mom. So she went and, you know, little girls are the most powerful creatures in the world. Anything they say. So she went and she convinced her mother and the mother said, okay, let your father go. So Hatim Alasam, very happy, he left. And he made dua, Ya Rab, provide for my family and so on. Now, the caravan he was traveling in, the caravan leader, who was also the leader of the tribe, he got bitten by a scorpion. So he was in intense pain. So somebody came to Hatim al they said, do you, can you do something, you know, make dua for this man or what? He is like, he is the chief. If he is in this situation, we can't even go forward. So what to do? So Hatim al Ali made dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured this man. Now that man was so happy, he said to Hatim al here is your money, ticket money back. You are my guest all the way. The complete trip is free. That's, you know, until I bring you back. 
So upgraded first class, five star hotel, everything, right? So Hatim Alasam raised his hand and said, Yarab, you took care of me, now take care of my family. Now, meanwhile, in the family, you know, a week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed, now there is tough times because <laughs> money is money is gone. And now the, the mother says to this girl, you are the problem. You, you caused all this, right? <laughs> I had told your father he can't go. He was, he was, oh, he was crying. So cry, let him cry. What boy? So what? You know, you are the one. You made all this. Now you. So this, this girl is a big smile on her face. She is smiling and laughing. And the mother is, is getting more mad. He says, you are laughing. I mean, look at me. We are all in. <laughs> we are hungry and this and that. You are laughing. What kind of a. While all this is happening, there is a knock on the door. It's a true story. I'm not, I didn't make up the story. Huh? There's a knock on the door. They go there. There is the ADC, the military staff officer in charge of the governor of the province. So he said, the governor is passing by. We have run out of water. He is thirsty. He wants some water. Can you give us some water? So I said, of course. So now they brought water. They had a nice well. They brought water. They put in a nice jar, jug and you know, a tray and after that, they're giving it to the governor. So, nicely, they gave it. This ADC took the, took the water. Now, that governor drank this water and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in this. He drank the water. He said, I have never drunk water which is so sweet, so nice in my life. Where did you get it from? They said, they said that's that house. Whose house is it? He said, that is the house of Hatim al-Assam. He said, oh, the sheikh? The sheikh? He said, yes. He said, I want to see him. Please request him. They say, he is not here. He has gone for Hajj. So, who is there? He said, only his family is here. He has gone for Hajj. The governor said, that whole family is my guest until he comes back. So, everything they need will be sent from the palace. Then, the governor rode his horse to the boundary, the, you know, the, the wall. You know, they used to wear these belts. So, very ornate belts with all gold and whatnot, embroidery and the belts used to have pockets and the pockets were full of gold coins and whatnot. The governor took off his belt and he threw it over the wall. And then he said to them, whoever loves me, do what I did. Now, you can imagine that there are bags of gold coins and belts and gardos flying over this wall. All the people in the, in the entourage. And suddenly this whole courtyard of Hatim al-Assam's house is littered with gold coins and this and that. I mean they never saw so much wealth in their lives I mean that money is enough for their lifetime everyone is very happy but the little girl is nowhere to be seen so the mother said where is that girl she's sitting in one corner in the one room and she's crying the mother said, what kind of girl are you? I mean, when we were starving, you were laughing. Now Allah has given so much of wealth, we don't need money now for the rest of our lives. And you are crying. What is this? She said, my mother. One slave of Allah looked at us with karam. And this happened. One slave of Allah. Looked at us with karam, with generosity, and this happened. What will happen when a karamullah karameen will look at us with karam? 
What will happen if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give? Eh? Little girl. It is the meaning of darbiya. That girl didn't become like that by magic. That is how she was raised. The love of Allah in her heart. She says, one slave of Allah looked at us with karam. And look at this. If the karamul akrameen, rabbul alameen, rabbul ashir kareem, zal jalali wal ikram, arham ar-rahimeen. When he looks at us with karam, what will happen? The reason I'm saying all of this to you and reminding myself is, we are coming to the close of Ramadan. As they say, if you didn't begin strong, end strong. Right? If you didn't begin strong, end strong. Ibn Taymiyyah, he says, have at least as much intelligence as a horse. He said, why horse? He said, because the racehorse, when it comes into the last lap, and he can see the, the finish line. He puts his whole heart and soul into that race. He extends himself. He runs like he never has, never ran before in that race. Because he wants to win. He can see the, the finish line. Because the race ends only at the finish line, right? Winning, the winner and loser decided only, not in the beginning, only at the finish line. So he says, at least have as much intelligence as a horse. So, don't give up. Last few nights, inshallah, wallah alam, today is the 29th night, could be Laylatul Qadr, Allah knows best. And alhamdulillah, this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not specify and tell us which one it is. So that he gives us the opportunity to spend every night, all the odd nights, even nights, searching for Laylatul Qadr. And we get all that reward. If we knew one night, we would, we would worship Allah on that one night and we would sleep, we would sleep all the rest. But now we don't because we are in anticipation of the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us finish strong. Rasulullah hadith, he said, Innam al-amalu bil khawatim. He said, the, the deed depends on how it ends. So the niya and then how it ends. So finish strong. Don't give up. Because don't, don't think, oh, Quran is over. And no, no, no. We have got till tonight. And if Allah wills, the next night also, we don't know. Allah Allah. The night of the 30th, try and let us do the best we can do. And it all begins, that bad best begins with istighfar and tawbah. Fastaghfiru, thumma tubu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, make istighfar and turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These two words are very important, istighfar and tawbah. If it is used, if one word is used, it means both. But if you use them individually, each has its own meaning. So istighfar means to be contrite, to repent, to apologize, to seek forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And tawbah means to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're seeking forgiveness for what? Yallah, I did wrong, now I will do right. So, I did not use to pray, now I'm going to pray. I did not use to give charity, now I'm going to give charity. I did not use to serve my parents, now I'll do that. And whatever, whatever, right? So, istighfar and tawbah. These are the two clear things. Istighfar. This is where it all begins. Everything begins. Taqwa begins with this. We're looking at our lives and saying, whatever I did till now, I want to change this thing. And then we make the change. Inshallah. Right? So let me end with one more story. Huh? <laughs> These are beautiful stories. They are very important to, to understand this. 
And the story relates to Imam Ahmad, Ahmad bin Hamad Rahmatullahi. Imam Ahmad uh, Musnad has this hadith of Rasulullah who said that the person who makes a lot of istighfar and seeks forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept his dua. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make ease for him in difficulties. He will extract him from difficulties. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide him from sources that he cannot imagine. And Allah will become sufficient for him. This is the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu And this is obviously based on the ayat of Surah Talaq. Because taqwa begins with tawbah. So Nabi Sallallahu said the one who makes tawbah. Imam Ahmad was traveling by himself and at that time he was very old. He was maybe almost 80 years old. He was traveling by himself, his own, you know, whatever little possessions he had. He reached one small place late in the night. So he looked for a masjid. There was a masjid there. He went in and he prayed. And after praying, he asked, the, the mausin was there. So he asked the mausin, he said, can I rest for the night here? Because those days there's no hotel to check in and so on and so on. And Imam Ahmad, he didn't know anybody in that village. And the 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 tawadeh, uh, the humility of these great people was such. He didn't say to the Muazzin, have you heard of Ahmad bin Hanbal? I am the man. He didn't say all this. So the Muazzin is saying, here is an old man. It's late in the night. He said, can I rest here? The man said, no. So no, you can't say you can't stay here. Now very unusual because people are hospitable. Arabs are more hospitable than most people. And this is in Arabia, and this is the masjid. And here is a Muslim, he's an elderly man, big white beard, and so on. He said, No, you can't stay here. You know what? I'm gonna try to persuade him. He said, No, you cannot stay here. So Imam Muhammad said to him, now you know in, in, in the in, in back home, usually the massage there is a in Musalla area and then there is a courtyard, right? Sahar. He said, let me at least sleep in the sahar outside, not in the courtyard. He said, no, you cannot sleep here, neither inside nor outside. And he picked up Imam Muhammad's things and he pushed him. So Imam Muhammad literally fell outside on the street and he took his things and he dumped them there. Eh? Now, opposite this masjid was a bakery. So, this baker was making bread. He saw this whole thing. He felt very bad. He said, what kind of a treatment is this? He went there. He picked up Imam Ahmad's things. He picked him up. He said, please come. Stay in my bakery. Doesn't matter. This man doesn't want to let you stay. Stay here. So, he made his bed and so on. Imam Ahmad Ali went in. He sat on his bed. Imam Ahmad says, I saw this man. Now, the man is doing his work, so he, he is engaged. He says, continuously this man makes istighfar. While he is making bread, he is making istighfar. He is making istighfar, continuously. Imam Muhammad said, I watched him all night. That's how bakers, you know, they work the whole night and so bread is ready early in the morning. He said, I watched him all night. Continuously this man is making istighfar the whole night. So Imam Muhammad Rahmatullah says in the morning, I asked this man, I told him, look, tell me what has Allah shown you? 
Nuhan said, what do you mean? He said, no, Allah has shown you some things. Because he narrated the hadith. He said, this is what Rasulullah said. And I have seen you, you make istighfar continuously. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have shown you some karamat. He would have shown you his rahmah. What did Allah show you? The man said, I am, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted every dua that I ever made in my life. He said, no dua of mine has ever been unfulfilled except one. Eh? So now Imam said, this is very strange. He said, no dua, any dua I make, Allah accepts. Only one dua Allah has not accepted. Imam said, which dua did he not accept? He said, I made dua and I said, Ya Rab, I want to meet Ahmad bin Hanbal. I want to meet Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. But that dua has not been accepted. Imam Ahmad started crying. He started weeping. The man said, what, why are you crying? He said, now I understood why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow me to stay in his house. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threw me out of his house. I, Imam said, what are you talking about? He said, I am Ahmad bin Hanbal. I am the man who you made dua. Allah sent me to you. You wanted to come and meet me. Allah sent me to you. And Allah would not let me stay in his house. And that man threw me out from the, from the masjid. So I come to your house. Huh? This is the power of istighfar. So I remind myself and you, let us make a lot of istighfar. Continuously, let us make a lot and lot of istighfar. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to accept our istighfar. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to change our hearts. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to change our lives. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our lives completely and totally obedient to Him. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among the muttaqoon and the mutawakkilun, the people who have taqwa and the people who have taqwa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our du'as. Before we make them, I ask Allah when we raise our hands to accept our du'as before our hands come down. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us whatever we ask with khair and afia. Because we ask and we don't know if there is good or not. We ask Allah to give it with khair and afia. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase that from his, his generosity and grace. <coughs> what we did not know to ask, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give from his generosity and grace.